Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I forgot what it was that I was recording. Uh, I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 368, and I think I'm going to call it another round of decluttering and clothing. So I'm answering some questions that have been submitted at askdanakwhite.com. If you'd like to submit questions to be answered on podcasts or YouTube live videos, I'm sorry that I'm not able to, you know, designate exactly where they're going to be answered, but you should be listing all the places, right? I answer those here. So I am going to answer some questions and they have a lot to do with I know at least two of them said we're on the second round of decluttering. And another one said, I have decluttered a lot and I have this question about clothing that doesn't fit. So we're going to be talking about these types of things uh, in today's podcast. I do want to remind you that if you need personal help, like if you need someone to talk you through your situation, either to come into your home and actually help you or to do online coaching, I have coaches now. Yeah, I'm so proud of them. They are doing amazing things. They're working with people. Uh, you can find them at declutteringcoaches.com. That is my site. They are all my certified and trained coaches. And if there's not one in your area yet, which, you know, we're still building, I think we're at maybe 27 uh, certified coaches at this point, you can, most of them do online coaching as well. So you can find someone to kind of talk you through and work through your unique situation. Although, obviously here's the podcast and these things all apply, right? Like the process applies to every situation. And that's what I've trained my coaches on is like, stick to the process. Let it work you through any emotional difficult situation. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today, what I talk about on all the podcasts is applying the process, right? But like I said, if you need somebody to help you personally, go to decluttering because I'm really proud of them and I'm excited about that. So also, if you want to be a coach, go find out what it takes to be a coach. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible, and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers. No judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. All right. So first question that I am going to ask today, ask today, I'm going to ask it and then I'm going to answer it. I have done the first big purge or push, but now I want to get more out of my house so it runs more smoothly. Where do I start and how do I keep the motivation going? Okay, so I love this question. Congratulations on having done the first big purge or push. Um, Congratulations also on the understanding that you have gained 
that the more you get out of your house, the easier it is to maintain, right? Like that is your clutter threshold. I did a podcast. Mm, yeah, this would be a good one, y'all. I did a podcast a month or so ago. I think it was in January of this year, 2023, where I talked about the container concept versus the clutter threshold. I've had a lot of response to that of people saying, I get it now. I get this, this concept. Okay. So your clutter threshold is the amount of stuff that you personally can easily keep under control. All right. So it's different for everyone. It cannot be predicted. You can only find it through decluttering. And it's this, it's this, what this person, this question asker is understanding, which is I want to get more out of my house. So it runs more smoothly. The less stuff you have in your house, the easier it is to keep under control. Your clutter threshold is the point at which you go, oh, wow, this is not hard anymore. Okay. I can do this. Oh, okay. This is the amount of stuff that I can handle. Does your clutter threshold sometimes fluctuate according to what you have going on in life? Yes, it absolutely does. There are times in your life where you can handle more stuff. And then sometimes life starts to get crazy. You have little ones or you just have, you know, different things going on. You're, you know, helping your aging parents. You are really busy at work or stressed out about whatever issues and it, your clutter threshold may go lower, right? You may not be able to handle as much stuff at that time. And so it's, it's like the, um, we're just gonna tell a Bible story right now, right? Like the Jonah story. I don't quite understand why the, um, people when Jonah was in the boat and the waves and all this stuff, and I won't sing the song, but anyway, uh, you know, Jonah's in the boat and there's this huge storm and the people in the boat are throwing things overboard to try to, I don't know why y'all, but I'm sure they had a reason, right? (laughs) Until they finally got to the point where they were like, okay, it's Jonah. He's the problem. But that's what, that's the mental image that I have. It's like, things are crazy. I will have less stuff to have to deal with so that I, you know, have less stuff to deal with and that's less stress, right? Because every bit of stuff, especially when it's over what you can handle in the current state that you're in, in is just extra stress, right? Okay. So the question again was, I have done the first big purge or push, but now I want to get more out of my house. Most likely that's some momentum that you're experiencing. Where do I start and how do I keep the motivation going? Okay. The key here is where do I start? Because the starting is what gets the motivation going and the where you start is what keeps the motivation going. I'm talking about the visibility rule, all right? It can feel like, well, I did the first round of decluttering, which I mean, you know, different people do things in different ways. Some of you are going through so methodically that you're not necessarily doing it in rounds. A lot of you are at the point where I am, which is also realizing that you will be decluttering for the rest of your life if you want your house to be under control. It's not a one-time thing. I want to make sure that we're, nobody's getting that idea here, okay? But where do you start? You start in the same place. You start in the most visible place in your home. When I'm talking about the visibility rule, this is where I always recommend you start decluttering. I am talking about your actual entryway where people enter your home. You know, my in-laws had an entryway that no one ever, ever came to. Like they knew it was a delivery person if they ever came to this store, because even the delivery people who'd been coming to their house for a long time knew to come in through the garage. Like everybody came in through the garage. So 
for them, it was the garage. Would it have been frustrating for me? They kept it just perfectly fine. But for me, that would have been really frustrating because that was the laundry room. People had to walk through the laundry room. They kept it great. It always looked amazing. But the place where people enter your home, that's what I'm talking about. Right. I, I had somebody mention one time that they realized, oh, for me, that's actually my garage. People come through my garage and I have had it completely a cluttered mess and it made me feel horrible every time somebody had to come in my house. Now, the reason that we start in this space is that this is, yes, a lot of times people say, but I'm not the one who sees that all the time. That's not the most visible thing to me. But it, there is just something about the frustration and the defeatedness, defeatingness, whatever, of feeling like you've made progress and then being humiliated when someone walks into your house. Because the first thing that they see, their first impression is total disorganization and clutter, right? And so, even though you've done the first big purge and let's say, you know, I this is all I know is, is what you put in the form, but let's say that you did a huge decluttering. Like you pretty much, a lot of people would say you had completely decluttered your home. Yes, of course. You know, yeah, they, oh, their house is perfect, but you personally are wanting to get more out to make your life even easier. Okay. Where are you going to start? Start back in that space. If you decluttered and you're like, okay, I decluttered, but I still have a lot of stuff and a lot of people wouldn't think that my house had been decluttered. Where are you going to start? Start back in the most visible space. Like it is for the purpose of giving you a place to start just because you need a place to start. And the beauty of starting in the most visible space is that the progress you make is going to be visible. You're going to feel better about your house. You're going to experience when somebody comes over and you go, oh, no, no, they're coming in. Oh, they can. It's fine. Oh, wow. Huh. Like those feelings, that's how you keep the motivation going. Like that was the second part of your question. How do I keep the motivation going? You keep it going by experiencing the visible results of the work that you have done. How do you guarantee you're going to experience the visible results of the work that you have done? Do work in visible spaces. Okay. So if you did the first purge and you still have tons to go, go back. You're a different person now because you just said you did a first entire purge. Even if the house is still super cluttered and you think, oh, is there really any hope for me? You are different because of the work that you've done. So when you go back to that first visible space, it is going to look different to you. It's going to look so different to you. Stuff that you agonized over the first time, you're probably not going to agonize over again. You might have said, oh, I don't know, but I would look for it here and blah, blah. The experience that you have gained asking the first decluttering question, where would I look for this first? And then you put it in that place. And then you've lived life for a while and you've found things in the first place where you looked from. You trust yourself more. You are a different person now. You have experienced that life is easier with less stuff. It's going to look different to you. So go back to that space again and just go from there. And this time be more ruthless. If your house looks amazing after the first purge, go back there again, because you're in a place right now where you, you said, I want my house to run more smoothly. So you know, the less stuff I have, the more smoothly it runs. 
okay, what else can I get rid of in here in this space? Because first of all, it makes sure that the progress you made before is maintained because you deal with anything else that's kind of crept into that space, right? The whole visibility rule is that you start in the most visible space, you work in there, and then the next time you're inspired to declutter, which is sooner because you've seen the visible progress, you go back to that first space, take five minutes to get it back under control, and then move to the next one. And that's how you actually produce momentum. So this go, going back to this space, if your house is great and amazing, go a little bit, a little bit farther, go a little bit further, whichever one the word is, y'all know I get confused on that anyway, but w- keep working in that space and maybe you're like, well, this space looks pretty good. Okay. Then it's only going to take you five minutes. Then it's only going to take you 10 minutes. Right. And, but you do a little bit more in there and then you move to the next most visible space. And that's how you make sure that you are really, truly making your way through your house. And that's how you really experience the benefits of the work that you're doing, which is the whole keep the motivation going. Cause you asked, how do I keep the motivation going? That's how visible progress, visible success. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. 
I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. All right. Next question. What is your advice? This is a very similar question. (laughs) Um, Actually, it's so similar that I don't think I need to answer it again, but I'm going to read it again. Anyway, just so that you know, I'm going to read the second question, just so you know, I don't know why I thought this was a different enough question to put it in the same podcast, whatever. What is your advice for making the second pass of all my spaces after having decluttered the whole house for a year? Okay. Well, let's look, let's talk about this way. The other person said they had done the, the first big, the first pig furch. The first big purge. Um, This person said that they have having decluttered the house for a year. So, So let's talk about this. If you did it for a year and your house looks amazing, go back and listen to the first answer. If you're asking this because I've been doing this for a year and I'm my house is still not a house that I'm proud of and excited to be in and feel functional in. Okay. Let's talk about that. It may take you years. It will take you, it will take you the rest of your life to keep your house decluttered. Okay. So acknowledge, first of all, that re-decluttering is a thing. Just because you decluttered a space, whether it be a visible space, whether it be a closet, does not mean that you can't go back to that space. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't go back to that space. You should. Even if you feel like you did it absolutely perfectly, go back to that space and go through the process again. Why? Because the process is not arbitrary. It is a process for you to follow and you ask yourself, is there any trash in here? And if there's trash, you get rid of the trash. And if there's not, you get to move to the next step. Is there anything easy in here that has drifted into this space for whatever reason that has an established home somewhere else? I'm going to go take it there right now. Is there anything in here that's a dead donation? That's going to, you have a process to follow, to go back to. But what if you say after having decluttered the whole house for a year, Have you been following the visibility rule and have you been following the five-step process or have you been just kind of on your own going and getting rid of things that were obvious for you to get rid of? And you're like, okay, I've been doing this for a year. I've been getting rid of a lot of stuff and my house is still needs to still be decluttered. How can I do a second pass this time? Follow the strategies. And celebrate the fact that it's going to be easier because of the work that you already did over the last year. But go back to the front and say, this time I'm going to go through and I am going to follow Dana's advice and I'm going to try the visibility rule to keep myself motivated. 
I am going to to also make sure that I focus on the spaces that are really, truly going to, you know, make me feel like my house is hugely improved. And I'm going to follow the five-step process. Before, I was just kind of getting rid of stuff all over the house. And yeah, I made it through the house. But this time, I am going to... I'm I'm going to follow the five-step process. Even though there's no way she's right, even though there's no way there's trash, even though blah, 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 I'm going to follow it anyway. Because remember that my five-step process means I deal with every item. One of the things that I don't remember where I was reading this, where was I reading this? It seems like it was in the last two or three minutes. Oh, it was an email that I had received from somebody who said they tried all these different decluttering methods, like all of them, all the ones you can think of, they tried them. And they always had all these little things left over that just didn't fit any of the actual, like that, that just were left over. So they'd been through the decluttering process. I'm putting that in quotes with my fingers here. And they had all these little things left over. And it wasn't until they did my five-step process that gives you a specific way to deal with every last single item in a space, in your home, anywhere. It gives you real actual tools to make final decisions and act on those final decisions about every single item. It wasn't until she started using my process that she was like, okay, now I actually am able to finish spots. I'm actually able to make decisions about these items that I used to just kind of, okay, well, I made a bunch of decisions and I've got all this stuff left over and now I don't want to do. That was me, y'all. That was what I would say. I was like, well, I can do okay for a while. But when I get down to all these little things that I don't know what to do with, that's where I just, I just get stuck. Well, that's why I came up with that. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And I'm going to take it there now so that it's dealt with and it's in the place where it's going to look, I'm going to look for it first, right? So that, that is it. It gives a home to every single item. Okay. So as you go through, what am I going to do? I've been decluttering for a whole year. Go back to your most visible space and really, truly follow the process and know that the work that you've already done is going to make that so much easier and more possible for you, right? Like it's going to help so much. So be thankful for all the work that you've done that gets you to this point where you're like, okay, now it's that much less overwhelming for me to really dive in. But those of you who haven't done anything yet, don't, don't take that as me saying that you should like, you know, do a whole here and there decluttering for a year before you start. No, no, no. Start with the process, the five-step process in the actual most visible space in your home and just realize any part of the process is going to make your house better. If you get tired after step one, if you get tired a third of the way through step one, which is trash, and you quit, your house is still better, right? And it's in a visible space. And so it's visibly better. Yay. All right. Okay. Now let's talk about clothing kind of with the same type of idea of like, okay, so I've already decluttered and now here's this other thing I've got to deal with. All right. Question. A question related to your recent video about decluttering clothing. This was a video that came out in um, September, which shows you that these are not real time answers that people get to their questions. But anyway, how should I deal with clothes that don't fit anymore, but that I seem to be emotionally attached to? I have quite a collection of Walford. I am not cool enough to even know what that means or even know if I'm saying it correctly. That's me talking. 
tops that were eye-wateringly expensive and made me feel gorgeous when they fit. This was more than five years ago, and I'd have to lose 30 pounds to wear them again. They are teeny tiny. I decluttered the rest of my closet to a point that many would call minimalist, but they survived all of my decluttering sessions, even though they make me feel bad every time I see them. What would you recommend to do with them? Just leave them as long as they fit in the container, i.e. the closet, treat them as sentimental items. Um, Okay. A couple of things here. There are many people, and I agree with them, okay? There are many people who will say, if it makes you feel bad, you shouldn't have it, right? Like, so if it helps for me to say, hey, you don't need to keep something that feels makes you feel bad. If that helps you, then go ahead and get rid of them. And that's great. I also want to acknowledge that sometimes there are people who, like me, <laughs> who when somebody's like, you shouldn't have anything that makes you feel bad. And I'm like, mm, that's a little too close to cheerleader talk. And I am out on being cheerled. So, you know, like, I, I'm just kind of like, um, I need some more concrete, actual, like, no, you know, I, I just, anyway, y'all know me. I'm rebellious. I don't like to be told what to do. But anyway, even if it's something like that, even if somebody's trying to be super encouraging, sometimes it can backfire with me. Right. So my point is, if it makes you feel bad, feel free to get rid of it. I think of that as my head explosion rule, right? Like this feels like a head explosion situation in that you're like, these were eye-wateringly expensive. Okay. Well, they're not retaining value by sitting in the closet, not being worn. Right. Okay. So, all right. And I, I feel like, you know, all of this, but know that I just had to come to this point where I'm like, if it makes my head feel like it's going to explode, my head's not worth exploding. My head's more valuable than that. So I am going to get rid of something instead of having my head explode. That's just, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm letting myself make that decision. If that helps you, then that's what you should do. Okay. Like if it helps you to think of it as a head explosion, a head explosion situation, then go ahead and get rid of stuff. All right. But let's go with, okay, well, I'm still feeling, I still feel like I can't blah, blah. All right. Well, let's talk about this minimalism idea. Y'all know I don't declutter with minimalism in mind. I see the value of minimalism. Like we talked about before, your house is easier to manage with the less stuff that you have. And yet I don't call myself a minimalist because I tend to be an extreme type of personality, a very much all or nothing kind of a person. And so I have to try to stay away from all or nothing thinking, right? Like I, I have to be really, really careful about all or nothing thinking. So minimalism is something that kind of sends me into that all or nothing thinking and it tends to paralyze me. Like I think, oh, you know, cause I'm getting into the, should I have this or should I not? And I'm like, I, I can't use that to make decisions. It is not helpful for me to think of what should be in my home. This is probably also back to the whole, like, you know, if it makes you feel bad, you should throw away or whatever, get rid of it. I, I'm just like, I have to take the shoulds out of things. If the shoulds are helpful for you, that's exactly what you should be doing. But if the shoulds are the things that make your brain spin out and keep you from being able to make a decision, then say, okay, I have space in my container. You said that you have decluttered to the point where you don't have a whole lot of stuff. And so you do have space. And so are you feeling bad because of the weight? I mean, okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's up to you and however you're dealing with that. I mean, we're not going to shame anybody for anything like that around here. I mean, come on, we all, 
fluctuate over life, right? I mean, like that's just reality. Or are you feeling bad about not being as minimalist as you should be? Because that's where I will step in and go, yeah, don't worry about minimalism. That's one of the reasons I say that is because there are people who are like, but I really, it will rip my heart out to, to get rid of this. It will make me feel like I'm completely giving up on a huge part of who I am and blah, blah, blah. And yet if I'm a good minimalist, I shouldn't have it. I don't worry about that. I don't consider myself a minimalist. I don't make decisions, decluttering decisions according to minimalism. I just say, does it fit in my container? And so if you say, if it's in my container and I want to keep them, then keep them. Does it help you to do that, to, to realize that you're not a failure in your home because you kept these items? Okay. So it's like, where are the bad feelings coming from? Right? Like, and, and identifying that sometimes will help you go, okay, well, I'm willing to get rid of them for that, those bad feelings sake. And these bad feelings say, or anyway, I don't know. I, I hope that makes sense that whenever I say, I hope that makes sense. It's, I hope I'm explaining it correctly. Everyone, y'all all get it. I know every single person listening gets it. Every once in a while, there'll be somebody's like, it is so offensive when people say, does that make sense? Like they think that I'm not smart enough. I'm like, oh, I never questioned you. I was only questioning my ability to explain it. Right. Anyway. So that's, that's my advice is to chill out about either getting rid of them. If you really want to get rid of them and say, ah, well, that's money that was already spent and it was part of my life. And yes, I have to grieve. I have to grieve that, um, I am not wherever phase of life that I really enjoyed. And I loved wearing these shirts. I'm not in that phase of life anymore. Huh? That's tough. Okay. And sometimes part of that grieving process is letting go of the stuff associated with it. Or if there's that part of you, that's like, I want to keep these and I don't feel bad about keeping them. I just feel bad because it makes me a bad minimalist. Well, give, give that part up. You know, I mean, just like, however you need to think of it, whether that's keeping them or letting them go to make you not have them be something that is frustrating you. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like I'm not making any sense and it is all on me, but anyway. <laughs> okay. So what do you recommend that you do with them? Uh, and then it said, just leave them there as long as they fit in the container or the closet or treat them as sentimental items. I mean, e- yeah, either one, you can treat them as sentimental items. You know, what is one way that we treat sentimental items? Well, we pick one. Like if it is something that you're like, this identifies a certain time of my life where I spent money on eye-wateringly expensive tops, right? And so this is sentimental to me. I mean, you're the one who brought up that this is sentimental. Okay. So where do your sentiment, where do you look first for your sentimental things? Where do you look first for things that have no place in your actual usable life versus you know, I don't know what the verses was supposed to be for, but like, where do I look first for sentimental stuff? Are you willing to put this in your memory box, your keepsake box, whatever you want to call it? Are you willing to put it there? Is it, are you willing to give space? Are you willing to give up your, I don't know, certificates of honor that you received at that same job in order to keep this shirt? You know, all of those things, Letting those types of things, identifying it as sentimental, acknowledging it's sentimental, and then going to put it in the sentimental place, that can be the thing 
that helps you realize, oh yeah, it's not that sentimental. I'm not willing to keep the shirt over the other things like the photos and the blah, blah, blah. I, I can get rid of the shirt. But following through on that action, taking it to the place where you would actually look first for these two small shirts and acknowledging that, you know, if I'm going to make it a sentimental thing, that often means I keep one out of six or whatever. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. One more on clothing, similar. Uh, both my husband and I have fluctuating sizes and we have lived in this house for over 23 years. How do we convince ourselves that we can get rid of clothing while still hope to fit back into them someday? I know it will make laundry easier because we will have actual room to put things away, but we are overwhelmed by the volume. Okay. The fluctuating size thing is legit, right? Like it, it is. Um, the general rule that I follow personally is how much room do I have in the actual closet I have? Not the closet I wish I had, not the closet I saw in another house that we looked at, but didn't end up getting the actual closet where I have to put my clothes. How much space do I have that I don't need for my everyday clothes to keep things for other sizes that I may fit into again at some point? And I let that space that's not taking up room that I need for my everyday stuff, I let that space determine how much I can keep. And then I put my favorites in first or I pull out my least favorites until it fits, right? And then anything that doesn't fit is like, well, it's not that I might not need this size again someday, but I don't have the space to keep the stuff for a someday that may or may not actually arrive. You know, it's like, I have to keep the stuff that I actually need to wear consistently, but y'all know, we're going to talk about a couple other things here, right? You know that, right? Okay, here we go. The other thing we need to talk about is the predicting the future that's going on here. Okay. I know it will make laundry easier because we will have actual room to put things away, but we are overwhelmed by the volume. Okay. The first thing that you need to do is go ahead and go through the process. You know that you have clothing of all different sizes. You know that fluctuating weight is an issue that you have dealt with, both you and your husband. And so you are predicting what's going to be hard in this decluttering process. You're thinking now about what's going to trip you up down the line. There is so much that you can do before you ever get to that point. Okay. With clothing, follow the same process. Start with the trash. Maybe that means just random tags and 
hangers that came from the store and bags and packaging and things that have ended up in the closet and are taking up a bunch of space and are making it look that much messier and more overwhelming and keeping you from going in there and actually getting any work done. Maybe that's what we're talking about. Maybe we're talking about stained, damaged clothing that you're never going to wear because it's ripped or whatever. Like, Go through the space because remember, the trash step immediately gives you something to do that's non-emotional. It gets stuff out of there so that you're reducing the overall volume of what you're dealing with. So you immediately start to feel less overwhelmed. It also helps you start to look at the individual items that you're dealing with as opposed to looking at the overall mass of stuff. Okay. When you are looking for trash, as you go, okay, I'm looking for stained things, you're starting to register what's actually there, which then gets you ready and mentally prepared for the next steps that are coming. So the next step is easy stuff. Is there anything in here that's not supposed to be in here because it has an established home somewhere else? Maybe it's, why did I hang up my jeans when I actually have a drawer in there for my jeans? Like that I look in every time and then I think, where are my jeans? And it turns out I hung them up when I never actually am supposed to hang them up. Whatever it is, look for anything that has an established home and get it out of there. Start going through this process. The duh donations is huge with clothing. Before you start worrying about, oh, we have fluctuating sizes, get rid of the stuff you can't stand. Get rid of the stuff that you never liked. Get rid of the stuff that itched or that the sleeves were too tight on you or whatever. Get rid of that duh stuff because you're there's so much that you can get rid of before you ever get to this point where you're making decisions based on the possibilities of the future and what sizes you might possibly be. Okay. There's so much you can do first. And then you go through the, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? I know it can feel a little bit weird with clothing, but I still will ask myself that. But a lot of times I will go on to that second question really quickly. If I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had it? Whatever size I was in, would it ever occur to me that I had a Christmas sweater that has a deer pooing? like my husband somehow ended up with anyway, uh, like, would it ever occur to me that I already, that I had this, I mean, like that's going to help you get rid of a lot of stuff. So do all that purging because then you're going to actually have an understanding of this is the stuff that's left that I actually, if I had a huge closet where I could keep all the sizes and all the stuff that I wear. This is all that's in there, but there's probably right now a ton more stuff. Okay. Because you just said you're overwhelmed by the volume. So there's got to be so many more things in there that you could get rid of before you ever have to ask this question. Right. And then you apply the container concept, but we cannot not talk about laundry. Right. You, you said, I know laundry will be easier because we'll have the actual room to put things away, which means no matter what, you have too many clothes and things need to go. So as you go through this process, no, I need to be getting rid of things. So I need to be really definite in my, I, I'm, I'm getting rid of trash. I'm identifying more as trash than I might otherwise, because I know I have too many clothes. I know I don't have the space, but the thing you can do today you start washing all the dirty clothes. I recommend that you start doing a laundry day today. Gather up all the stuff that is dirty 
and put it into piles and do the, do the laundry, do the laundry. And as you're pulling things out of the dry, as you're putting things in the dryer and you realize this is torn beyond anyone ever being able to use it, I'm going to go ahead and throw it away. Right. Or this, as you're taking it out of the dryer and you realize, oh, I cannot stand this thing, or this is actually a dead donation, put it in the donate box. Okay. So that's going to be reducing and reducing all through that process. And then as you have all those things in piles and you're in the midst of going through this first laundry day, remember first laundry day is no indication of what laundry day is going to be like, right? Not at all. First laundry day is all the clothes that you've been behind on. The second laundry day is your first time you realize, oh, this is how many clothes we wear in a week. And the third laundry day is, oh, wow, I didn't have to think about laundry for an entire week. Anyway, there's other podcasts on that for you to go into. I'm not going to go into all of it right now, but I'm just saying that as those things, as you're working on the laundry, go back into those drawers and see, we had a lot of laundry and yet these are the things that still hadn't gotten picked. It's because you don't like them, right? If there's something that you could wear that would technically fit you right now and it got passed over for all the other things that you had and for the emergency loads that you did, those things go, those are dead donations. Go ahead and get those. Are, they're clean because they're in the drawers or they're in the closet. Stick them in the donate box. Start working on that and getting stuff out, out, out before you start stressing over the sizes. Y'all, this is always my advice. The thing that stresses you out the most The thing, this is the main thing with sentimental stuff. The thing that takes your breath away, that wakes you up in the middle of the night, that is the first thing you think of when you hear somebody talking about decluttering, you think, oh, what am I supposed to do about this? But we have all these different sizes of clothes and oh my goodness, am I going to be successful this time when I blah, blah, blah and all the, take all that out and say, I'm not going to start with that stuff. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of other stuff that's not emotional. Deal with the clothes that don't make your brain spin out on this subject, that don't make you think about, oh, I thought I would never have to go back to that size. And then I ended up having to go back to that size. What if I go back to this size, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like let all of that go and just start getting rid of the things that you would get rid of no matter what size you were at. Okay. All right. I hope this has been helpful a little bit. I felt like I got a little preachy. Sorry about that. It basically comes down to follow the visibility rule. Start with the easy stuff. Follow the process. No matter what you are dealing with, follow the process. It, it's never going to fail you. I know. That's a lot to say. I get it. Uh, it feels a little weird. But it doesn't. Like if you... It builds upon itself. It lets you stop at any moment. You can fail or quit in the middle and you haven't failed because you've only made progress. So like trust the process, trust the process. Okay. All right. One more little plug for my decluttering coaches. If you need somebody to talk you through it for your situation, and hopefully maybe even come into your house and um, help you work through your stuff. Go to declutteringcoaches.com. All right. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.